Hello, welcome to this episode. I've, um, I think I made peace, but more importantly, I think I've realized. Are they the same thing? I think realization really, really leads to peace. Um, but I've realized that this podcast helps me take stock of what's going on in my brain, in my mind. Are they two similar things? Are they the same thing? I don't know. Uh, is one a physical organ and one a physical construct? Or is it just a manifestation of a larger construct which has been individualized for each person or each sentient being? I don't know any of these things. I The problem is you... Um, Get into the space. But anyway, let me just finish this thought. Uh, see, that's what happens with the mind. Eh. It helps me voice stuff that's going on, internalizing it, but then it helps me externalize it. And I think the biggest progress I've made over the past two years is, as I told you a couple of weeks back, maybe last week, I'm not sure, that if all of us were held accountable for our thoughts, then we would really uh, just sort of be um, stalemate, right? Everyone would be screwed. Unless, of course, uh, we reach a state of Zen where we're also calm and have such a vast amount of inner peace that we have absolute control. Uh, that's, of course, never going to happen. Let's be realistic. Eight people, eight billion people who've got control over their emotions and thoughts, eh, highly doubt it. I think um, we can um, confidently say that day is not very, it's not, it's not very, very far away. Not very, it, it is very far away. But I realized that this thing of information and in this era of uh, everyone having access to so much gives people the opportunity, of course, to master knowledge and to have everything that they want to know at their fingertips. But it also gives people an opportunity to know just enough so they don't have to be ignorant, yet they don't have to also dig deeper. And... I think the problem is I'm one of those people. I, I, I like to know, but I don't like to research it. So I like to find out about it through conversations with people who know more than me. But also you can pretend to know more in a conversation with someone who knows less than you. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what um, to make of it. Because you can read a book and then say, you know, since today's conversation is with a... Um, I love the word, with the renunciate, with Dada uh, Gunamuktananda from the Ananda Marga. And I think he's based in Spain right now. And today's conversation is about going down the path of spirituality, spiritual seeking, um, a life of meditation, consciousness, um, and various other interesting things that go with spiritual um, realization. I thought... That's I, I, I just want to know more. I mean, and I'm in this place where I think this, if you ask me, are you a person who sticks to something? I would say typically no, but this is something that's really interested me over the past couple of years. I know it's, it's a short time to make such a statement within, but I really do it not with a mission in mind, right? Because a lot of times we're taught that we have to have a goal. We have to have this idea that within five years, you need to master this. You need to be the boss of it. You need to kick it in the balls. But, the beautiful thing I found is with something like this, which is even discovering that you're, whether you're ready or maybe you are not ready or whether you are interested, it's just such a big first step and it doesn't have to have a fixed approach. Something that works for someone else might not work for you and vice versa. But it just is such a 
powerful thing that you don't realize uh, until you sort of look back and say wait what is what has happened right because there's so many different things and the the, the destination sort of tends to be the same it's it's finding um your if you want peace in a balance whatever you want to call it or you want to find god if that's something or your self realization or um enlightenment many people call it that so the the thing is i think you know you should uh, i think if you come this far you should continue to the end of the conversation with dada gunmuktananda because he talks about this destiny that we are taught by religion which is got all these uh, negative consequences as a result of action in this life which is not good which ends up sending you to hell or heaven depending on what you do or um whichever religion you sort of cater to has its notions of good and bad uh but the spiritual aspect of things doesn't have a negative uh system it's a sort of it's it's a system of rewarding within this action of life right what you do is what you kind of feel immediately and 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 the destiny for human beings i think is not is not conditional on your behavior um but it's this journey of uh towards self realization which is a great uh destiny for everyone so it's really interesting how he puts it um and through his experience his meditation his learning he's uh, shares a lot of stuff that gives um perspective to someone who's on this path and it also makes sense and it gives hope if you are in this world of turmoil where you see the worst of humanity and you see uh fortunately a few people bringing out the best of humanity and uh i really enjoy talking to him you know i don't uh i don't always come across especially in this space with gurus or with um spiritual leaders or with they where it tends to sort of then the ego comes in the way and it ends up becoming more about their organization um i think i as an as a one to one i think dada and i had a i i had some questions about the nature of humanity and the nature of the experience that we're living through at this point in time and he um took it took me through it in a really i think kind and in a way that i can understand and i think i hope that translates to right now to <laughs> what happened that is a bit of a brain fart i hope that translates to um you right now who's listening and i hope it helps but let me come back to my introduction yeah, i'm doing the introduction i'm doing it differently now eh yeah. but um yeah if if someone tells you by the way uh, to drink water out of copper bottles i uh, think twice you know because a lot of these things are coming up where you have to return to the old ways but i suppose everything has good and bad and we've progressed in in some ways for the better and we've come up with um some things that are better for us to use uh, the reason why is i had a miserable day um yesterday because some genius put lime juice uh, for me to drink after my session on the range you know as i do as a professional golfer i'm not a professional but drank this entire 1 liter of i cold water with lime juice and salt and i was so buggered dude i was done for uh, later reading it up found out that the best way to clean copper bottles is through lime juice and salt yeah so like a genius i mean of course i didn't make the drink but i drank the drink and i should have stopped drinking the drink after the first sip and i felt something's off i was like this doesn't taste right but i just I was like nobody dehydrated that's probably why you're feeling ill and i drank the whole 1 liter felt as sick as a uh, 
I don't know what what feels more sick than I did, but maybe um, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't have a an analogy, but I felt extremely sick. Is that a sign of my comedic brain not being exercised enough? I mean, maybe it is, but um, I felt I wouldn't. I, uh, felt sick as a vomit bag on a bad day no, horrible but i felt really sick i mean uh, this is clearly i drank the rinsed out <laughs> yeah i just want to make sure that you can empathize with my um sickness and maybe resonate a little bit with it a little puke from your end wouldn't wouldn't uh, uh, be discouraged or would be appreciated as a sign of solidarity with your host of the soapy house <laughs> like Bleh. but yeah it's it's not a good feeling it wasn't from that end either and um yeah it's a strange thing when you're feeling that ill is sometimes when you're feeling really good and you're feeling confident and you've just exercised you don't really think about life you think about just going uh to the next step or getting about your getting about your day like oh cool i feel good i'm going to take on the world especially with that accent but if you're feeling down that's when you actually think about your life and you you all the, the thoughts which are not uh neg- which are not good come to you and if at that point you can make peace you're able to uh, i wouldn't say master your emotions but accept your emotions swallow your emotions feel your emotions and that's one thing i'm trying to do feel everything whether it's good or bad or happy or sad or anger or frustration don't kind of try to only hop on to the good emotions but try feeling it all yeah, it's not easy man it's not easy but i yeah i think it's 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 a good um it's an interesting place i think for all of us dealing with uh this information era with information access with information wars with misinformation with stuff being dealt out to you to control your or manipulate your way and your the 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 way you receive things and process it so i feel you need to have or i need to have a sense of because it's a, it's a great opportunity for faffers in the world i think especially the kinds you know in our groups who used to always fucking talk shit um they really uh didn't have to fact check earlier like you could they could just say yeah oh, my dad went to the moon and everybody was like wow the moon and they can show a piece of rock and say this is from the moon and if you're dumb enough you'd fucking believe them but now it's the next it's 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 an advance um in 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 the ability to faff because if you have certain access you can faff more than others so i don't know where do you get your information which is reliable from do you try to seek it from people who are experts because even they in some way are faffers right they're so narrow minded that they're faffing um once yeah but i think talking to people gives you a sense i mean because it's a little bit more time consuming it's a little harder because you have to make the effort uh, to find them and to also make sure that they are um really sort of in 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 experienced enough in that space to give you information that you might not uh know more importantly might not um have access to but also to give you to give you information that may be authentic because i think it's amazing that we have so many books out there that we have so many blogs that maybe not blogs but we have so many um different sources of information but i don't know for me i like it in the form of this spoken um being disseminated by a human voice 
um so i like listening to podcasts i also like doing this because it helps me um understand the world around me uh through these people who are uh, on my show and also when i listen to other shows i i get a sense i don't know it's it works both ways when when someone's compelling and they really sort of believe in what they say and they really sort of experience the things that they're sharing with you and the stories they've lived or the incidents that they are recollecting or the um anecdotes that they're narrating i feel in many of those stories or those experiences those are mess there are messages which i don't know if writing can do can't do justice to it i'm just doing two double negatives and double positives sorry I, I, but there's something for me uh that is really special with uh, a story being told by a human voice and um whether it's formally whether it's in a form of a book like an audiobook or whatever it may be but it, more importantly when it's it's heartfelt and it's it's something that they really live through you can tell and i can tell um as opposed to a spiel that's been prepared by a branding pr team that sort of is just re uh, gurgitated and used across various um media outlets or various promotional platforms that these people use uh, and you can tell after a point i mean i've been doing this for a while kids <laughs> uh but i i like this source and i hope you do as well uh and having said that let's go into today's conversation with dada gunamuktananda all the way from espanya and um he's actually originally from australia but as he says his geographical journey is nowhere close to the spiritual journey that he's been on and i'll let him tell you all about that and um dada if you listen to this thank you do thank you thank you do yeah thank you so much for doing this episode and for all of you listening i really appreciate you tuning in if that's what the word is and you coming back week in week out for this the soapy rao show i appreciate it do share it with anyone you think will benefit from this conversation and uh, till next time goodbye god bless take care of yourselves cheers catch you on the other side Dada Gunamuktananda welcome to the Soapy Rao show how are you Thank you uh, I'm fine thanks thanks for inviting me on your show Uh it's honestly fantastic to speak to someone who's been through such a transformative journey because um you've started somewhere else uh entirely different and you're here today so maybe I think geographically where has your journey brought you from and where has it taken you um as we speak today well geographically it's taken me pretty much all around the world mm-hmm. in the last uh um 30 years or so that i've been practicing med- spirituality and meditation mm-hmm. uh and um but um more importantly mm-hmm. the the geography is not really that important more importantly it's taken me uh deeper within myself and given me a greater understanding of uh, life and the world and myself you know that's such a a very interesting place that a lot of people tend to ignore because um it's something i was thinking about today and i think a lot of people uh have experienced this thought process especially because of the space we were in as early as 6 months back with being locked up in at home or mm. being stuck in a certain place which might have not been home but we 
experience the sense of oh you know i can't go on holiday or i can't get out of this place and and then it either leads to frustration with your circumstance or you kind of sort of start blaming someone but a few people and i think you've really highlighted that before even the lockdown is this idea of looking within uh so could you possibly just sort of talk about how this started for you because this idea of traveling in many cases becomes a distraction to get away from what you recognize as work or your routine or your um mm. identification with a certain um place and a certain task or a certain memory but for you a person who's been so um how do you put it i think so i think in depth into their own journey within does um what is what is this experience feel going around the world going across different places on this planet so far but at the same time having this a company uh, this 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 journey accompany you on this physical external journey so i, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's a question but i just want to understand this experience you went through and how it began and w- what you kind of felt as the, the 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 profoundness of this journey grew with time hmm well uh <clears throat> i uh when when i was uh, younger i i started in in my 20s i i was um you know questioning a lot of things and um i dropped out of university and then i uh, and then i felt very liberated when i did that because i was in a a kind of a it, it was a university is a very intellectual process that you're you have to go through and i i didn't particularly want to go through that process i don't, i didn't want to go down that road uh so when i dropped out i felt liberated in a way um i remember throwing my notes away in a in a in a dust in a um one of those um i <laughs> they just happened to be one of those um big bins on the road that people throw all their furniture and stuff into and right. I threw my notes into that <laughs> <laughs> with with great uh, glee <laughs> I think we were all dreamt of that we just didn't do it because of either of the loans our parents took or we took <laughs> yeah well at that point uh, I would I was paying $150 per annum per year for university so there was no real that's you know, a, that, that yeah that, that's nice it, to hear yeah it's it nice. wasn't like i had any uh, loans for university or anything mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. so um and then and then i and then i started uh, seeking um for a, for a deeper way of life mm. i became a spiritual seeker so um i was doing a lot of um a lot of um contemplation and introspection and reading a lot about um different types of um spirituality and meditation and things like that mm-hmm. so i um i and then um, i had been um, reading a, a lot of books and then which had talked about the concept of the guru Mm-hmm. The guru the concept of the guru is in the deepest sense is the concept of the cosmic consciousness or god teaching you through a particular physical form. Mm-hmm. So 
I, I developed a desire for my own guru. Mm-hmm. And uh, I used to go into, I was living in a kind of a semi-rural area, which was just outside of a city. And I used to go into the city every week, once a week. So the next day I went into the city and everywhere I looked, there were these uh, posters. Of course, this was the days before the internet and people mm-hmm. pasted posters all, on walls and lampposts and things like that around town. And everywhere I looked, I saw this poster that said, learn meditation. Uh, it had a, a name like mine on it. And uh, the, the lecture was going to be that evening at the local, at the library, yeah. the civic library. So everywhere I looked, I saw these posters. So I thought, oh, well, this mu- must be a significant, something significant. Yeah. Um, so I, I went to, I went to it, and and it was, it was very significant. It changed my life. Yeah. And uh, I found what I was looking for, for the rest of my life. Mm. So, you know, I had been to India before, once before, and I had traveled and uh, not only been to India, but been to many different places. But it turned out what I was really looking for, I found where I where I started off from. Mm. So it that's that highlights that uh, what you really what you really want, you don't really have to look for in other places. It's not a question Mm. of place. It's not a question of geography. It's a question of uh, um, look, looking within yourself ultimately. Of course, um, yeah. of course, people have different desires and different uh, things that they're looking for. And mm. the more objective those desires and things that they're looking for, the more they relate to particular places or schools or universities or what, whatever you're looking for. But if you're looking for the deepest sense of meaning and uh, identity, then ultimately you, it, it doesn't matter where you are, you only have to look within yourself. You know, it's such a, it's such a powerful thing to look within, yet it's such a difficult experience sometimes to get started, right? We get overwhelmed because we hear stories, especially if you... Uh, start on this journey of of looking within or seeking the spiritual answers you know sometimes you're recommended books by certain people especially now with the internet you're recommended youtube videos or um, to go to certain um, ashrams or to certain schools or follow certain teachers or certain lectures and there's so many resources out there especially today with the internet so Mm. you know someone might say you know why don't you start with um looking at the breath work and how that um, affects your mind and helps you calm down. But then the moment you type in breath breath work on say YouTube or Spotify, you're bombarded with like 10,000 different kinds of breathing practices, uh, different schools of thought. And then likewise, in all aspects of spirituality, if you if you kind of search spirituality online, it's it's pretty hard to look within. So crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So um, how does that like for you when you began this you said you found these posters which directed you in some way was a sign for you to um, follow this particular instinct to go to this uh, meeting but what was it like when you started on this journey of seeking spiritual answers or the journey of spirituality like what was your frame of mind well 
first of all, let me just address what you said about the internet and everything. Yeah. Life was relatively simple in those days. Mm. Um, it, it's... Uh, I, because this whole online thing has crept up on us, so we don't mm. really realize how much... Or, or we don't remember how much simpler it was in those days than it is today. Yeah. Just thinking about it now, yeah. I realize it was a lot simpler. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> we wouldn't have been able to do this, but I think it, it was a lot. Yeah, yeah. well, there, yeah. Are, there are advantages of both. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Both eras that um, nowadays, of course, we, uh, we can communicate a, a lot more directly and freely and everything like that. But at yeah. the same time, we have this problem of information overload. Yeah. Information overload is a, is a very big problem uh, in today's society, and it's causing people a lot of psychic uh, stress. Mm -hmm. So, uh, anyway, then it was a lot, uh, it, it was a lot simpler, and uh, in some ways, a lot easier to, to do anything, because... Uh, because you you didn't have so many choices and sometimes it's easier if you don't have so many choices of course choices give you a lot of more options and uh, a lot more leeway in um, uh, in uh, a lot more opportunity to to research things and but but then but then you have the problem of like for example you said okay uh, you search for a, a certain thing and you get 10,000 answers mm -hmm. now for example if you search spirituality online mm. in in the vast majority of cases of the search results you get you're not going to get spirituality yeah let's face it yeah you you're you're getting you're getting someone's view of or what they say what they what they assert is mm. spirituality you're not necessarily getting spirituality. Yeah. Of course, it depends on what you mean by spirituality. But <laughs> yeah. Um, but but really, you're not getting spirituality on the internet. Mm. Uh, hardly anywhere. Right. Uh, very 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 few places that you will get uh, leads to true spiritual practice on the internet. Okay. That's. So. Although we have a lot of choices and a lot of uh, search results, it can be misleading and it can be a diversion rather than taking you where you want to go. Mm -hmm. there, the, the more objective the thing that you're looking for, the more likely you're going to be able to find. For example, if you Google... Uh, how to do this on your computer or how to find this or, or on the internet or whatever, you're going to get a very direct and relatively accurate result. Instructions, yeah. Instructions. Yeah. yeah. If you Google instructions, you're going to, you can find practically any instructions on the internet, and that's very useful mm -hmm. for objective things. But for, an, for a very subjective practice like spiritual practice, like meditation, you're not necessarily going to get what you really, or I should say, what is real spiritual practice. You're going to get a lot of faff that people have come up with in their own mm -hmm. imaginations and fantasies and thought that they can uh, 
you know people that think they're that they're realized or elevated or enlightened and think that they have something to offer but they don't really have much to offer at all apart from their own opinions and their own imaginations and their own uh, fantastical ideas of their own self-worth what if you really want true spirituality you're going to have to want it deep inside yourself first Mm. and then by that very deep and personal and intimate desire that you build up within yourself for a connection with the supreme for a connection with the cosmic for a connection with the for a mystical connection with with uh, the 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 causal entity of this universe by the cosmic grace you will get it only there is a saying when the when the disciple is ready the guru appears as i said before the guru the guru is not just any person uh, you know, many people call themselves gurus. Doesn't yeah. mean to say that they are the guru. The guru is, the guru is uh, the 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 cosmic entity, the supreme consciousness, the cosmic consciousness of this universe, mm-hmm. expressing itself through a self-realized master. And is that usually a person, or can it be? Um, I mean, does it have to be um, ascension? Oh. I mean, like, does it have to be another human being, basically? Well, it it can. Uh, the uh, of course, you can get the teachings of the guru through different media. Mm. For example, uh, once I had a um, uh, I had a. A terrible headache. This was many, many years ago, and it was very hot. I was in Singapore. I had a terrible headache, and I couldn't. I didn't know what to. I, I didn't know how, how I could get rid of this headache because it was really uh, very bad. And then I saw this book on the floor, The Prophet by Khalil Gibran, mm-hmm. and I had this idea. Okay, I pick it up, and I turn to the first page and read the first thing I see. So I turn. I picked it up. I turned to the first page that I uh, I turned the, to the middle of the book and I read the first thing that I saw. It said, your pain is the breaking of the shell that encompasses your understanding. Mm. So through different experiences like that, you can get insights into what you're going through. It means that somehow the universe is 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 teaching you. Somehow the universe is guiding you. You know, what's amazing about that is that there are so many uh, conflicting yet, as I said, just kind of from the previous point of so many options, right, where you kind of um, get caught up in the practice of seeking spirituality than actually the meaning of what you're looking for. But with what you just said, it's that if you are ready to receive, then you don't have to limit yourself to a school of thought or a philosophy or a, uh, you know, a form of yoga or whatever you think is the means really is insignificant because if it needs to find you and when you're ready to receive there will be something that will help you on your way right yes because ultimately it's your inner self that is going to be teaching you that is going to be guiding you Mm. your your inner self 
being the inner the inner self of the entire universe and every being within the universe god within you god within you and within everyone else uh, mm. god pervading the entire universe the universal consciousness pervading the entire universe and every mind of every being within it so ultimately it's your inner self that is that you're looking for and that will guide you towards itself but at the same time you need it, it's it's very useful uh, if not um, if not necessary to have a structured practice which has been given by a realized soul mm -hmm. uh, so so we say in yoga that the the teachings of the guru the teachings of a realized soul that has guided you directly are very helpful and very important on the path it's like mm -hmm. it's like someone someone has the desire to be a very good cook and to cook delicious food but they have no idea how to do it they could experiment and they could they could uh, 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 try to learn by themselves in the kitchen but it would be better if they had a very good recipe book where where they could learn the process mm -hmm. so it's like that but on the subjective level of course mm -hmm. our inner selves are guiding us toward back back to ourselves mm -hmm. but at the same time we have so many distractions and the mind is naturally uh, very um, uh, 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 the mind can either be used for good or more often than not it distracts one from mm. one's from good so right. you have to know you have to learn how to use the mind for for your own good and for the good of others yeah because the mind seems to latch on to certain ideas so even if you have the good intention of going down a certain practice which you know is going to help you still the mind but then the mind kind of seems to take on these points and say no let's focus on this instead and it then again e even in something as um you know self-fulfilling and something as beautiful as a journey of spirituality even in that the mind can find ego and find things to distract you and make you feel insignificant or lack uh, make me play on your lack of self-worth so it's it's right. quite uh, it's it's quite interesting that we have um, such a powerful tool at our um, you know within us uh, at the same time we have uh, the same tool which works against us and do you feel with your experience um, that sometimes the whole um, point of it gets lost because we kind of get caught up in the nitty-gritty and 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 does the spiritual experience for someone um, is it all the same or is there um, a unique thing out there for each of us for our inner, inner selves to discover well ultimately the experience is the same okay uh, all rivers lead to the same sea Mm -hmm. but but one's journey is 
one's individual journey is always different because we have different issues or mm -hmm. we can say karma to work through. Okay. So the way in which uh, the journey manifests for each person is different, but ultimately the journey is the same. Mm -hmm. It's the same journey and the same goal. Uh, every Everybody has a different mind and a different personality according to their history. And mm -hmm. it's the history not only of this one life, but of many, many lifetimes. Mm -hmm. So our journey over many, many, many different lifetimes has has brought us to this time and place where we have a particular personality and a particular mind and everybody has a different personality and a different mind. So although the path is the same, the experience will be different for each and every person. Mm -hmm. Now Getting back to what we were talking about with the mind, I would mm. just want to elaborate on this a little bit too. Yeah. That we have to use our minds constructively and strategically in order to utilize our time and our lives properly and to do the right practices that will benefit us. But at the same time, it's the mind that we're trying to transcend. Mm. It's the ego which is our biggest pro problem. Mm -hmm. The ego meaning the assertion of the mind mm -hmm. on your being. The usual state of affairs is that someone is controlled by their mind, not that they have control over their mind. Yeah. So normally, someone is is under the control of their of their mind. They're they they're they're pulled in different directions according to their emotions and according to what their mind. Uh, they they cannot control. Normally, we cannot control our thoughts and we cannot control our emotions. Yeah. But yoga and particularly meditation is the process of gaining control over the mind, mm. gaining control over the emotions so that we can use the mind the way we want to use it, not the other way around, that the mind uses us the way it wants to use us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So ultimately, we have to gain control over the mind and use the mind. It's like a knife, for example. A knife can be used for killing somebody, but it can also be used for, for chopping vegetables and making a delicious vegetarian meal. Mm -hmm. So we have to gain control over the knife and use it in the right way. Mm. And uh, this is very important. And, but, and then ultimately we have to use it, we have to use the mind to, to uh, not destroy itself but to transcend itself so recognize it for what it's good at doing yet go beyond it because that, it's right. not entirely what we are right e exactly what what we ultimately want our true self mm -hmm. is beyond the mind it's deeper than the mind the mind is a like a a, a temporary 
uh, a temporary collection of thoughts and emotions. It's like a, a, a thought. I, I sometimes describe the mind as a thought cloud surrounding our being. Our being is in the middle and there is a thought cloud around it. Could you even go as far as to say that the mind is just another sense that we perceive the world through? It's a, it's the culmination of all our senses. It's, okay. it's a, and and more, of course. But mm -hmm. it it is connected to the senses, of course, because the senses feed into the mind, and the mind uh, works partly because of the input of the of the senses. So it's, so it's it, another layer so, between us and the world. It's kind of these things work together. Yes. To give, okay. Yes. Okay. It's, a, it's a layer between us and the world. That's true. Mm -hmm. And we usually, we usually use it to relate to the world and other people. Mm. And of course, this is, uh, this, is, this is only natural because it's, mm. uh, it's the way that the, the, the world works. It's the way that nature works, that every being has an interface between itself and the world, and that interface is its mind. And in mm. undeveloped no. beings, that interface is very simple. And so its life is very simple. But in human beings, of course, uh, the more evolved we get, the more complex that interface becomes. And now you see, in the last 30, 40, 50 years, hu mm. human beings on this planet, we have evolved very rapidly. And you, and you can see how that is reflected in, uh, well, it's either a result of or it's reflected in the fact that we have so much technology at our disposal. You know, when I was growing up, I remember we had the radio and the radio had the on-off button mm -hmm. and then it had the volume and then it had the channels. And then we had the, uh, when I was a child, we had a black and white TV and it had the on-off. And when you turn it on, then it started like the, you heard this noise, it was warming up and everything. And, <laughs> and then you had the volume and then you had the channels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was, and that was the extent, so life was very, it, it reflected the simplicity, relative simplicity of life at that time. I thought there the was a person inside that box. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, right. <laughs> we used to joke that there was a little man inside the box. Yeah, because I was like, how could this happen? Like, it's such a big box. There should be someone in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's, no, it's quite so, fascinating. Even, like, I grew up in the 80s. Like, for me, that, when, that was my... Um, sort of time frame when I was exposed to video games in their in in that in their present state at that time, television and it was I mean choice was not even there. But I I, I want to sort of use this this as a you know you mentioned this idea of the past 30, 40, 50 years and also you mentioned the idea of other beings, simpler life forms or um, any form of life besides humans. I mean we almost assume in an arrogant sense that we are the only ones who are embarking on this journey of evolution yet at the same time we also think that we are the ones privileged enough to experience the spiritual journey but it's all life forms that are part of this. So is, is it is it um, um, some sort of besides just our journey or the let's talk about the, this planet that we live on, the experience that all life forms on this planet have sort of shared over the past million years. Um, it almost feels like we've added while evolving and getting more advanced as a civilization, especially uh, human beings as a civilization or as a species. Do you, do you feel that at some point 
the ability to transcend these layers and connect with the inner self or the true self or the consciousness was easier versus today when we've added more layers, um, complicated the inter interface more. Uh, because if you look back, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I don't claim in any way to be an expert on any of these topics, but I've been doing a little bit of reading. But when, when you look back, maybe a thousand years back or 2000, 3000 years back, there seems to be um, more people than not living this, 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 this in this way or in in this kind of, um, in I would say in this practice, but having a life which was more attuned to using the senses for what they are, but also understanding the larger context of why we live. I understand what you're saying, right? Mm -hmm. uh, um, in a in a way, life was a lot simpler and that afforded uh, an advantage mm -hmm. to people but in another way there were a lot of disadvantages as well because life was more brutal there was less justice in the world there was less opportunity people had less leisure time they they were generally overworked and had very little energy and time and inclination after working to 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 do spiritual practice or any, if one wanted to do deep spiritual practice, one ha had to become a renunciate or go and live in a cave or something like that. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, life was simpler and uh, it afforded uh, more time and uh, uh, more, um, well, not, well, potentially more time yeah. to, to, to introspect but in another way we have a lot more advantages today actually yeah. because the um, the human mind is a is a lot more developed mm -hmm. and we have a and despite having a lot more distractions today mm. we have a lot more capacity to deal with all the distractions as well mm. uh, and also our spiritual practice um, Especially this uh, a spiritual practice like the one I practice, the one I learned from my guru from the organization which I belong to, Ananda Marga, is a lot more developed and a lot more efficient in its use of uh, the mind and, and, and the time that is needed to practice it. Okay. So, we, in a way, there's there's really no use in us um, lamenting the 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 the, um, the past the 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 loss of our the loss of the simple past of and mm. and uh, and lamenting the fact that we have so so many more distractions today because this that's just the situation that we have yeah. to live in that we have to deal with yeah. but i would say that Although there are advantages to both situations, a very simple life and a very complicated life like the one we have now, I think on the whole we, we're probably a lot better off now mm. because despite the fact that there is still a lot of injustice and exploitation and obviously still war in the world, mm. uh, conflicts, uh, we, we do have a lot more justice and and uh, equality and opportunities than we did in the past 
Yeah. We still have a long way to go. We have a we have a, a bit of a way to go before we have a completely um, well, you can never get a completely just and, <laughs> and exploitation free society, but yeah. we're heading quite fast and now in that direction. So I would say that we're better off now. This is a very good time to be living. Yeah. Uh, despite the fact that um, there are a lot of problems, particularly uh, mental, psychic uh, challenges that we have to overcome. I mentioned before this problem of uh, information overload. Yeah. Um, there are so many different types of um, uh, uh, you know, anxiety and depression that people feel, and um, and confusion and uh, and o and overwhelm that there are so many things in life that they have to deal with. But despite all that, I think this is a very good time to be living. And if one can adopt the right lifestyle, one can utilize this time and place that we're in right now to uh, a very good effect yeah i think i you know i think i'd like for you to sort of take people through this understanding because does everyone who want to seek the spiritual experience or the spiritual answers have to go down the path of joining an ashram committing to a life of being a yogi and um while you're talking to me about that could you also maybe address what it means to practice yoga because i think a lot of people think it's just going for a group yoga class asana practice standing on your head and thinking you're a yogi but i right. there's a lot more to it so maybe could you take uh, those two points and sort of address that for me please sure so according to the philosophy the yogic philosophy every being in this universe and not only on this planet but uh, of course there are many other planets with life and human life throughout the universe we're only one of uh, trillions and trillions of planets throughout the Sorry, universe uh, you said other planets with human life as well sure okay i'd like to talk about that sure. later but you can yeah i think that's very interesting to know yeah so well there must be i mean uh, my guru referred to them, but uh, but if you just look at it rationally, then yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, the fact that there are there are countless, it, it's not even an, enough to say trillions and trillions. We, we, we'd have to say countless planets yeah. throughout the universe, and and uh, many of those are habitable, and uh, many of those, uh, the chances are that of course there's life and also human life mm. on on many of them. But uh, anyway, the philosophy says that every being in the universe, every, every one of the countless beings in the universe is on a journey towards realizing itself as the universal being, as, an ex as one with the cosmic being. So it's like, uh, I always use this analogy because it's such a good analogy, but um, it's like... Um, uh, we, are, we are all returning, the, the river, the river returns to the sea and realizes itself as, as the sea. The, when the river, when the river f flows into the sea, it becomes one with the sea. Mm. So, you know, the, the philosophy says that we are all not only part of, but one with the cosmic consciousness 
Right. Our own consciousness, our own sense of being, is actually one with the with the with the cosmic being, mm-hmm. like a wave is one with the sea. Mm-hmm. A wave yeah. is not only part of the sea; it's it's one with the sea. You cannot separate it from the sea. It has its own individual. Uh, existence as a wave, you can define that existence. But if you go deeper into its existence, you will you will very soon realize that it's it's one with the sea. Mm, right, right. So so just as just as a wave has its own existence, we also have our own existence, our own consciousness, our own sense of being. But that individual sense of being, that individual consciousness. Is one with the cosmic consciousness, with the mm. universal being. So, yeah. the 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 journey, the the journey of each and every being in this universe is like the journey of a river back to the sea. Okay. And as the river gets closer to the sea, it becomes. It be it it becomes wider and deeper and calmer and eventually when it reaches the sea it becomes one with the sea so the closer one gets to the realization of oneself as the cosmic self the more one becomes like the cosmic self the more one experiences one's own individual experience as the expanded infinite experience of the cosmic self mm. and ultimately one realizes oneself as the cosmic self and that we call self-realization mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we're all on a journey to realizing ourselves as the cosmic self to self-realization and as human beings, we have uh, we we we've come. Uh, y- you can see all the different creatures in the world. You know they have different they have different levels of consciousness, of awareness. You can see that, for example, a uh, a very um, a, a simple animal like an ant or something like that has a very it's obvious that its sense of awareness is quite limited, yeah. But it go, it goes along its its work and carries out its life according yeah. to its limited sense of consciousness. It doesn't compare itself to a human being saying, "Oh, I wish I." <laughs> no, it yeah. doesn't have the same. But as human beings, yeah. we've we've developed a much more expanded sense of awareness and consciousness. Yeah. So it means yeah, that we're, yeah. we're, we're approaching the end of the journey as human right. beings. Right. Now, the human, the human animals are quite satisfied in their own little bubble. Mm-hmm. Each animal lives in its own little bubble and it's relatively satisfied with uh, the, the limited life that it leads yeah. um, within its own um, uh, boundaries. But human be- as human beings, the human dilemma is that we're living in both worlds. We're, we're, we're between the animal and the divine. 
to be human means to be between the animal and the, and the divine. So in some ways, we're pulled towards our past animal lives and animal tendencies. Right. And in other ways, we have this awakened sense of the divine where we're heading. We, the, the closer we get to the divine, the more we have this awakened sense of the d divine within us. And often that causes a conflict between our animal animal tendencies. <laughs> you know, so that's so uh, evident as and it's so it's so beautifully yeah. put because um, I mean, sorry for interrupting you. I was just trying to process that information because, you know, a lot of people are dismissive of the fact uh, that we as a soul travel through various um, um, I wouldn't say journeys, but the journey goes through different chapters, if you want to call it, and manifests in different life forms. So, so you, you're saying that what we are today, you and I as a human being, have gone through the various um, chapters in our past is various, as various life forms. So we could, through our actions in this lifetime, go back closer to the animalistic tendencies and the traits in, the, in our next life, or based on our practice of what we decide and choose to do in this life, which we can call karma, determine what our next chapter is? Exactly, exactly. Yes, if we, if we live this human life in a very animal-like way, mm. then the mind will become more animalistic again. Mm. And one always gets the body which suits the mind. When, when, a, when, when, when a certain being dies, when its body dies, then it, its mind will be reborn in a body which is appropriate to the state of its mind. In so the, if, okay. the, if, if the state of the mind at the time of death is very animalistic, the tendencies of those animal tendencies have been indulged or cultivated in one's, in one's human life, then it's likely that uh, that mind could uh, um, there's a, for example, yeah. there is a there is a big connection between dogs and human beings. Mm -hmm. Dogs are v very intelligent, of course, and uh, and 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 very close to human beings. Uh, the 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 mind the minds are quite close. Uh, the the or should I say the the dog mind is very close to the animalistic human mind. Okay. Now, if the if if a human being indulges too much in animalistic tendencies, then they, it could regress back into a, a dog's body or a, or a, another developed mammal, for example, or even further okay. back. So, on the you, other just hand, just as an example, sorry, just while people are listening to this, animalistic tendencies or traits, if you want to call them, could you describe a few? Um, so. You know, if someone's doing it right now, they're like, "Ooh, I, I can stop." <laughs> oh, oh, right. Okay. So, well, there are many, but the the main four are uh, eating. So, say for example, if one in one indulged too much in eating or developed too much of a desire for, you know, overeating or mm. or indulging too much in food, that's mm. one of them. Uh, uh, fear is another one. Um, sleep is another one, and sex is another one. Okay, those are the main four uh, okay. animal vrittis that that are still present in human beings. Now, of course, it's natural that we express those vrittis because they're all related to survival. 
Yeah. So it's only natural that we express those vrittis, but we must be careful not to over-express them. Mm. Over-expression will lead to too much attachment to the particular vritti, to that particular tendency. And ultimately, at the time of death, if one still has that over-attachment to one or, one or more of those... So you can imagine, for example, you, you can take any one of those four things and yeah. you can imagine what life form you might be born into to, ex to, to express that vritti. Yeah, and and that Quite wouldn't necessarily yeah. be a, be a a, a a disappointing thing for that person because yeah. that person wants to express that so that yeah, they yeah. will get a body to express it. Mm. So, but on the other hand, so we have though we have the 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 instinctual vrittis, the instinctual tendencies, but on the other hand, as I said before, we have this 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 spiritual drive, the spiritual attraction mm. which is taking us closer to the divine now if we use those vrittis in order to maintain our existence eating sleeping and all the different necessary um, tendencies yeah to maintain our existence but at the same time we only use them in a very uh, you know we we can enjoy those things but yeah. we don't get too attached to them we don't we don't overindulge in them. Yeah. And at the same time, we're using our lives very constructively and very strategically mm. to practice meditation and all the different practices of yoga that support the meditation practice so that we can increase our attraction and our uh, and movement towards the divine. Now that that's the ideal. So that's the situation that we're in as as human beings on this planet at this point in time, that we have a very good environment for doing that. Despite all the problems in our world, those problems are providing us with the opportunities, the the obstacles that will uh, that are compelling us to to move ahead to move towards a, a greater and a higher life. So that brings us now to the practice of yoga that you yeah. you asked me about. Yeah. And I can talk about that now if you want me to. Yes, that would be lovely. So, uh, I just have a question before we get into that. Um, sure. You know, you mentioned that how the body adapts or we're assigned a body that is, um, for instance, say we really liked eating, so we're given a body in this life that suitable to consuming large, large quantities of food and let's take the human experience right uh, do you feel that someone can change that or for instance um, okay I'm gonna go ahead and use my example um, uh, just because it's something I'm familiar with and it may be easier because even people listening have heard me talk about my um, my my, my so-called my disability or my condition and I'll just give you a little bit of background right before we go and I don't harp too much on it but um, so I went to Bhutan uh, a couple of years back and you know I've gone I, I always seek sometimes it's it's maybe a person a healer maybe sometimes it's um, I, you know a person who's popular in that part uh, for certain powers that they might have and so I went to this uh, Rinpoche in in um, outside a, a town in Bhutan and you know uh, I didn't um, ask specific questions about why I have a visual impairment or why um, I went 
had sight loss at such a young age. But, you know, my wife and I were sitting and talking to him and he, we just asked, why is this situation what it is? And he said uh, that the reason why it's manifested like this is because in your past life, you've committed a lot of, um, wouldn't say sin, but you caused a lot of pain through killing. And he further went to say that because you were a tiger, you have to repent that kind of killing. And this eye condition has been given to you in this life form to for you to um, find a better way of living without causing hurt. Um, so the reason I mentioned that, I, I, wanna, I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, I want to get a sec second opinion, <laughs> if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> Because well, this guy said I'm a tiger. So every time, every time I go to the zoo, I'm like, "Was that my cousin?" <laughs> but I want to understand: is when you're given a certain body or a certain path to follow in this life. Um, now, since everyone listening on this at, at this point to this podcast is a human, let's just stick to the human beings. Is there the power and the ability? And I think this might lead into the the, the next part about your how what you talk about yoga. Do we have the power to change our path, if you want to call it destiny, or also the, 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 the thing we've been given as a result of the past life? Well, you know, ultimately our destiny is self-realization. We mm -hmm. have the most positive of destinies. We all have the same destiny. Nice. So, so that that is, of course, is unchangeable, and uh, and uh, and and the great thing about the yogic philosophy and and Eastern uh, uh, spiritual practice is that we're working towards that. We recognize that one destiny, and it is the most positive and and inspiring destiny that we could have. It's not like Occidental religion, which says. Uh, um, you know, depending on what you do, you will you will either go to heaven forever or you you will go to hell forever. Yeah, yeah. And and of course, that's not very inspiring for a lot of people because <laughs> they, they come to the conclusion that they would go to hell forever. Yeah, but, and they waste a lot of money paying people yeah, to make right. them feel better about themselves. <laughs> right, and 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 they make the uh, the church very rich and things like that. Yeah, um, and so the thing is that our destiny is. Is, is very bright, is the brightest destiny that, that, that is, is possible. Uh, but we have the ability to, to uh, utilize our lives in a way which will, bring a, which will bring us closer to that ultimate destiny or take us further away from that ultimate destiny or not affect uh, our relationship to that destiny much and we have to do the same we, we may have to live many lives mm. before we make any progress either one way or the other but the thing is that usually there is usually there cannot be you cannot stand still yeah so if you do not move positively towards your toward in a positive direction then the general rule is that you will go backwards in a negative. You can, you cannot. It's like you know the bicycle. You, if you you leave it on a hill, it will roll backwards unless you push it up the hill. Right. So the tendency so, is if you don't do anything to to regress. That's right. Okay. That's right. So it's important to try to be proactive towards 
uh, a positive uh, way of life and a po and, and, and a positive expression of of your your life towards your, the ultimate destiny. Okay. So, so but the thing is to to remember is everybody has the power and the ability uh, to to work towards uh, to 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 make their lives positive. Yeah. Uh, you know, you may have, for example, a a disability such as yours that oh, may or may not have resulted in the way that the Rinpoche expressed to you. It's it's entirely plausible. Uh, I can't say one way or the other, but it's an entirely plausible explanation. Mm -hmm. But that's not the important thing because the past is where we all have a past, yeah. and I'm sure we were all uh, um, tigers at, or or uh, other animals at one point, <laughs> yeah, point yeah. in time. And animals. I mean, frankly uh, speaking, I'm I'm glad I was a tiger at least. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you cool. were the mo you were the most no one of the most noble animals in the world so yeah i mean so, so, so that's great yeah if you'd said so, rat or something i'd have been a little disappointed I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with rats either i mean they're also well, lovely creatures i'm but, sure um, but yeah yeah <laughs> the human in me prefers a tiger at right least okay. i have bragging rights <laughs> right you you have a good bragging right there yeah. yes um so the thing is that you know, despite our past, we have come to this place where we are today, and we may have certain disabilities or certain tendencies or certain bad habits yeah. that uh, limit us in our life in our lives currently. But it's entirely within our power to change that. Of course, we mm. it, it just depends on how we utilize our minds and our lives. Yeah. So you, anybody can say to themselves, "Okay, uh, I have." I have, uh, regardless of where I have come from and how I have evolved into what I am now, my past does not it, it does not define me. What mm. defines me is what I do with myself in the present, to, mm. going toward going on forward into the future. So anybody can say, okay, now I am, regardless of what I was doing in the past, now I am going to do this. I'm going to do this very constructive, very strategic, very scientific, very um, comprehensive spiritual practice, which will take me forward into uh, and, and closer to my ultimate destiny, which is to realize myself as the ever blissful infinite consciousness of the universe. So, mm. you know, why not do that? <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> that would be the great thing to do. So the way in which to do that is now, you know, I'm defining this as the lifestyle of yoga, but, but essentially these things that I'm going to talk about now yeah. are Practices which are good for all people, regardless of religion or regardless of culture or regardless of racial uh, um, racial background or cultural background or religious background or or any other relative factor. These are universal um, things which are good for everybody. So first of all, first of all, health and health and cleanliness. Uh, Looking after the body, there's the saying that um, a healthy body, uh, a healthy mind lives in a healthy body. Uh, cleanliness is next to godliness. So yeah. keeping keeping the body clean and healthy as much as possible. Of course, we all have our problems, yeah. but 
trying to do that so that the body is a acts as the temple so the real temple is the body because that that's that's the temple that you are visiting each, each day with your practice that you're using each day uh, you, you you don't you don't visit it you you're you're living in that temple yeah 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 so that's the first thing and the second thing is morality morality is, is spiritual morality is very important now that doesn't mean that never to uh, never to exert force say for example non-harm has been misinterpreted as non-use of force, Gandhiism, that we should never fight, we should just be very passive. No, not at all. Ahingsa or non-harm means that you always try to maintain the least harm to yourself and others around you. But yeah. that means that, for example, if somebody attacks you or attacks somebody else or 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 does harm in some way to you or somebody else, then you try to uh, counteract yeah. that negative force that is harming you or that is harming others. So, so that's non-harm. There's also benevolent truthfulness. Truthfulness does not always mean that you should tell the exact truth because very often you, you would do more harm than good if you tell people the exact truth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, that, so that's why it's called benevolent truthfulness. I think it was right. Buddha that said that there are three qualities that your words should have. First, they should be sweet sounding. No, number three, they should be sweet sounding. Number two, they should be true. And number one, they should be helpful to others. Mm. So number one is helpful to others, not not necessarily true. Of course, mostly they should be true. But yeah. the first priority is that they should help others. They should be benevolent. Yeah. Um, so yeah. this is the this these are the principles of morality. Always trying to do the right thing. If, course it, it it's often difficult to do the right thing and it can be very especially when doing the right thing involves um, sacrificing your own well-being for the welfare of others it can be mm. a very difficult thing to do but it's important to try to cultivate this this always this practice of always trying to do the right thing for oneself and others at the the same time in every given circumstance and if there is a conflict between your own well-being and the well-being of the collective of the well-being of others of the society then that should take precedence over your own well-being right so to try now hopefully hopefully we 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 don't encounter such a direct conflict uh, very often mm. but that's the that's the concept so so the principles of morality and and it's said that morality is the foundation is the base of spiritual practice a house needs a proper foundation a proper uh, a strong foundation you need to build your practice on a strong foundation and that foundation is the um, principles of morality in yoga they're called yama niyama Right. You may have heard of them. Yeah. Um, so, so that's the principle. That's morality. The second thing is, which is related to the principle of non-harm, is the type of food we eat. We mm. should not eat animals. As a general rule, animals don't like it when you eat them. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
I know as a tiger I, I felt it. <laughs> <laughs> so consent so was not there. <laughs> it's, it's natural don't worry as a tiger you're you were quite right in doing that because it's the, it's the um uh, if you if you were in fact a tiger and if you did in fact do that you were quite right because it's the nature of the tiger to eat yeah. other animals that's how it, that's how the tiger lives a tiger does not sin by eating other animals but for a human being it's harmful it's harmful for the animals of course that we're eating and it's harmful for us because the because we know better we should know better okay okay than not to not to eat other living beings of course if we're eskimos living in the uh, inuit people living in the north pole and all there is is seals yeah. then of course there's nothing wrong with that but we're living in a society where we do not have to harm other sentient beings in order to survive we can but some would on. say uh, that that even plants have well it's it's a question of gradation it's called right. the gradation scale okay. now the 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 principle behind the gradation scale is eat those living beings that are less conscious rather than more conscious okay right if you kill a cow it will feel it more than if you kill a carrot right right but speaking so, of less conscious i think the way we're going eating other humans might be this <laughs> the simplest life form <laughs> <laughs> right well it depends on the level of consciousness of the human <laughs> exactly uh, okay mm. no so i get it there's there are certain every being is conscious but in the in the yeah. future in the future eating meat will be looked on in the same way as we now look on people that used to eat other people cannibalism mm. right 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 so so we're we're you know we're we're evolving very fast where the the evolution of humanity is accelerating very rapidly and we're very rapidly moving into a world where uh, to to eat other living beings will be considered very, very soon it will be considered barbaric right. so people should uh, you know come on board with this and and really try to um uh, they may like the taste of meat or whatever but it's not a question of like it's it's a question of doing the right thing Nice. And and nice. that also has a a very important effect on of course physical health. Mm. Uh the cancer and heart disease and all these things are, are all linked to meat eating. But not only physical health but mental health as well. Mm. The state of the mind. Uh for example, veganism has become a very big thing in the west these days, but they don't consider the that uh, there are certain foods also there are certain vegetarian foods that they shouldn't eat because they affect the mind like onion and garlic onion and garlic has long been uh, known as a sattvic a sentient uh, as um a tamasic uh, um static food in india and that a sentient or a sattvic diet does not should not include onion and garlic what uh, can you just so sort this of is, talk about why maybe yeah just, so this yeah. is also something that we need to consider that there are it's not only a question of not eating meat but for the for the sake of one's mental health for the sake of one's mental well-being and one's state of mind there are other foods also that we should avoid such as onion and garlic mm. so uh basically they you know yogis have experimented over thousands of years and they found that onion and garlic have a have a static effect on the mind in other words they dull the mind it's like the opposite of clarity okay okay so it if sort of sends imagine, your mind into a bit of a fog 
Exactly. It mm-hmm. it it gives a it, it it gives the mind a foggy feeling, which you do you won't necessarily uh, notice if you're accustomed to eating them, but mm. if you do an experiment and say, okay, I'll stop eating onion and garlic, and then you'll find that your mind becomes a lot more clear, and you will experience a lot more clarity of mind. And then if you do another little experiment and eat them again, then you will notice the difference very, very clearly. Mm. So it's good to avoid. For clarity of mind, it's good to avoid these things. Right. Okay. Interesting. So food, so food is not only important for for the animals, but also, and also for the environment. And there's so many other factors, uh, but ultimately for the physical health and the mental health. Mm. And and then there is the so these are all aspects of yoga, which, as I said, are defined under the yogic life, lifestyle but are universal things which are good for everybody of course we all yeah. we all know that you know ethics and morality are good for everybody keeping oneself clean and healthy is good for everybody yeah um uh, eating the right food is good for everybody helping others is another one service is another big aspect of yoga it's one of the the great pillars of the yogic practice that the more you help others, the more you will in fact be helping not only the others, but also yourself. Because we all are heading towards the, the same destiny. And That's right. And right. the more you help others, the more you feel that others are a part of you and that you, the more connected you feel, the more, the more good you feel about yourself. Um, and, and, the, and the more, so you're not only, and, and the more that you're working through your karma, Mm. Um, to work through your karma, to work through one's issues. You know, if you feel, for example, if you feel depressed yeah. about about life, go out and help someone. That's the best cure for depression. Of course, mm. that's very that's more easily said than done. Someone yeah. with clinical depression will say, "Well, I, I cannot even get out of bed." Yeah, yeah. But but the concept is that the more you help others the more connected you will feel to others and the rest of the world and the less de- the less depressed you will feel about your own situation mm. and the more you will be w- working through your individual issues your karma so to speak so this is a and and of course the more you will be helping others so this is yeah. a, a great pillar of the yoga practice um, another one is the yoga postures um, that people have up till now equated with yoga, the word yoga. In fact, the word yoga means union, union of one's individual self with the divine self, what what I was talking about before, the process of self-realization. So yoga is all the different practices which help us in our process of self-realization. So yoga postures are, in fact, part of the yoga yoga lifestyle. Um, they also help us because um, because they they help to balance the emotions. Uh, when you when you do yoga postures, mm. uh, you're you're giving your your gland your your glandular system your different endocrine glands in the body a kind of an internal massage. So depending on the the uh, say for example you do the shoulder stand yeah. you're you're compressing the thyroid glands yeah in your neck and so you're you're kind of massaging those glands and you're regulating the hormonal secretions from those glands and the thyroid glands are actually responsible for the whole body metabolism mm. so if you do for example that yoga posture 
you will be regulating the whole body metabolism and you'll be regulating all the hormones that affect the mind. You'll be balancing the hormones that affect the mind. So with a, with a more balanced uh, mind, with more balanced emotions, so you're not experiencing the negative emotions so much of, of uh, anxiety and fear and depression and all these negative things, then you can use your mind better to uh, go within, to, to look within yourself. Right. So it's kind it's of very each designed and each suggested in the practice of um, yoga, which is across the body, the breath and the mind, to complement um, each other and kind of enhance your path down this, this, this road, right? That's right. Mm. So all these practices are optimizing, optimizing the body and optimizing the mind towards uh, attaining a more and more spiritual sense of being. So, Dada, on that, on that note, um, I think, you know, I might have asked you this a few minutes back, but someone like you has taken uh, the decision to go down and enhance your journey on this path towards spiritual um, enlightenment, if you'd like to call it, or self-realization. At the same time, it's a, it's a big commitment. And of course, it's a good commitment. It's a great commitment. But I'm not taking away from that. But someone, say, for example, sitting like me, just listening to this podcast, who has a job, who has responsibilities, who has a family commitment, or whatever they might have. How did they take the decision or take the step to do something like this? Because it seems, I wouldn't say a sacrifice, but it seems like a lot of overall life changes, right? You know, there's the story of the um, of uh, a man, and he goes to visit uh, a saint who who uh, um, lives in a cave, and all he does is he he's just meditating. He's a very elevated soul, and 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 the man goes to visit him, and he says, "Oh, I'm really uh, um, impressed with you. You have sacrificed uh, so much." And um, and the and the saint uh, says to him, "Well, on the contrary, it's you. It's you that are sacrificing." You're sacrificing the uh, eternal for the ephemeral, mm. but I am uh, I am uh, I am attaining the eternal. Right, right. <laughs> so, but the point is that, in any case, now, now is not the time in our lives and in in the history of human society that anybody should go and live in a cave and only do meditation, because mm. there's a lot, lot of work to do in the world. The point is that we can do everything that we need to do in our lives regardless of how busy our lives are we can do everything that we need to do much more efficiently if we are also practicing spiritual practice and we can fit all the practices of that spiritual practice of the yogic lifestyle into our lives regardless of what our lives are so of course everybody has the i'm a i'm a sannyasi i'm a renunciate i don't have my own individual family so of course mm -hmm. i have i have a bit more time yeah. than other people in that regard but even um the majority vast majority of people with um with family lives and jobs and things like that of course i also do a lot of work it's not like i don't have any work to do so yeah. You know, we can we can all we can all fit uh, half an hour of meditation in the morning and half an hour of meditation in the evening into our lives. Because if you do half an hour of meditation in the morning and half an hour in the evening, that's one hour out of twenty-four hours. Yeah, yeah. 
for the most important uh, work in your life, which is your own self-realization. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's the fu funny how we do it sometimes. Life, yeah. The, Right. And the rest of the 23 hours you can w use for all the other things you have to do. But it only requires one hour a day of meditation. And I, 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 I didn't mention that, you know, the, the yogic lifestyle is like a pyramid. And all the things that I talked about before are in that pyramid. And of course, the, the foundation is the morality at the bottom. But the top is the meditation at the apex. Yeah. So 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 we we can we can all do that and as i said also before the meditation practice the, the mind as well as the meditation practice have become very advanced and very refined the human mind has become a lot more refined over the past you know thousands and thousands of years and also the meditation practice the spiritual practice itself the techniques the mantras everything have become a lot more refined and efficient and advanced so we can do a lot more in a lot less time nowadays mm. than we used to be able to do in the past and that's good because we do we have lot less time now to, to do it in. so we can utilize whatever whatever uh, time we have in our lives we can utilize it for the good and we can fit everything into our lives and the and the and the, the very practice of performing spiritual practice throughout one's life will throughout one's day um, by incorporating it into one's lifestyle will make all the other things that we have to do much more efficient so it's almost you know, like you don't have to stop meditating the moment you get off your Exactly. Mat or thing. You can continue the practice of meditation. If you through, if yeah. you do if you do all the other things you have to do in your life with a meditative ideation, the ideation of the of the of the, with with what we call cosmic ideation. Yeah. Then you will automatically do things more efficiently, and things will and things will you will get in the cosmic. The more you get in the cosmic flow, the more things go your way. Yeah. The, the less you have to fight against the world. <laughs> yeah. Now it's almost so, like so, it finds you, right? Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. the more you meditate, automatically you're going to slip into that cosmic flow, and it's the path of least resistance. Most people they have this inner feeling, either consciously or subconsciously, that they have to fight with the world every day, and that they yeah. have to really battle to 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 get anywhere or to get anything done. But it doesn't need to be like that. Mm. You can have, you can get to a stage where even if you have the most uh, daunting obstacles in your life, you can still, you can, you can go under the radar. You can, you can, you can skirt around those obstacles very easily if you're in the cosmic flow. Mm. If if you're in the flow, everything becomes easy. If you're out of the flow, then you will always be fighting. So if you right. have a spiritual practice in your life, if you have the if you're practicing the right technique of meditation and it's get it's getting you you're you're slipping more and more into that uh into that cosmic flow, then life will even though you're spending more time than normal people with spiritual practice for example, you're you're actually experiencing that you're having more time because you're mm. in the flow. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because I, when I talk to some people and I've fortunately developed the discipline to spend some time with um, some form of meditation, whether it's, um, you know, maybe chanting the Gayatri Mantra or 
whether it's some form of uh, pranayama or it's some form of chakra activation i try to do it and the days i go without doing it sometimes because for various reasons or if i go a day or two i start feeling the imbalance i start reacting more aggressively i start um being more mindless about the way i act and also start feeling negativity build up but when you talk to people sometimes right and you ask them about what they do for uh exercise they like i do yoga and which which is fine you know and i i think everyone has a right to what they perceive as yoga and the practice of it but then i'm like um, yeah i love doing that as well and i sometimes start and i finish 3 hours later because i sit i talk to my yoga uh, the person who teaches me my asana practice and then we discuss some ideas what's going on in the world and i ask him some questions and he asks me some questions so i go at like 8:30 next thing is like 10:30 uh, or 10 o'clock and my friends like i i need to get to work how can you st- i don't have the time that you have and i'm just like i'm sorry i i it's not that i have an office job to go to but i really enjoy this and i make sure that i give it the time and i'm not saying in any way that i have attained higher understanding it's just that it's almost like we need to justify um something which is so inherently important and is so amazingly good for the you know mind and the body and the breath and we have to justify doing that because society has taught us that you must do as few things away from the job and you know away from these established established ways of productivity we have to get away from this mindset that we have to justify that we don't have to justify that at all yeah we we on the contrary we should justify not doing it we should have to justify not doing it you mm. you would have you know find a good excuse why you didn't uh, why you didn't um, uh, go um, have a deep discussion today or why you didn't do your yoga postures or why you didn't do your meditation because you yeah. should do your meditation you should do your yoga postures that support the meditation and all the other yoga practices that I talked about and you should have deep discussions and uh, and think deeply about the meaning of life and things like that and have discussions with uh, whoever it is that um that also likes to have these discussions and yeah. and read inspiring things uh, books uh, that um are not only talk about the objective aspects of life but go into the meaning of life yeah. why not because that's what gives us uh, that uh, inner feeling of uh, deeper satisfaction and, uh, and 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 we should have that inner feeling of deeper satisfaction because that's uh, that's very important and uh, and uh, in today's society it's not given very much value at all i talked before about information overload we have we have a we have a lot of information but we have very little real not uh, deep knowledge and um and uh, and uh, and wisdom in our lives we have a lot of information in our lives but we have very little wisdom in our lives so the more wisdom we can get from talking with others and uh, listening to the te- teachings of the great ones the the part the gurus of the past and the present and and reading uh, spiritual books and things like that um the better it is so so rather than have, having to justify these things which take us away from the office or whatever we should it should be the opposite we should <laughs> yeah. we should <laughs> we should have to justify not doing them you know it's amazing that it's so easily just uh, you know easily quantifiable right that uh, even something like meditation someone can say oh you only meditate for 20 minutes i do it for 45 minutes and bringing in the aspect of intellect and um 
the ego, if you'd like to call it. That, but that's uh, the. That, that, that's the ego saying that yeah. um, the more is better, but more is not necessarily better. <laughs> You'd rather do it two it's minutes. The quality. Yeah. It's, it's the, the quality. quality that matters, yes. So, so someone struggling with this, uh, you know, because it's, as I said, I think a couple of times over our conversation, is that we get caught up with the, 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 with the physical limitations or, the, the, or with the ego determining um, or intellectualizing things and, um, you know, saying, oh, you're, 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 this person said this or that person said this, the noise basically which the ego sort of brings into this meditation practice or this spiritual journey. Um, so what, I think you mentioned this even uh, in your talk about the consciousness which is something that doesn't need to think and the mind which has to be sort of transcended if that's the word or you look past the mind mm. to the, the silence beyond and I know these are things that each person takes their um, own experience and their own situation and their own time to come to uh, either meet or visit or to make peace with but what are some things that if someone is beginning or already on this path maybe a couple of things they can be aware of which can encourage them to continue as opposed to lose hope or lose, um, I wouldn't say focus because I don't think this is something that needs focus, it needs more uh, appreciation. So could you, before we wind up, maybe give a couple of things that have helped you um, which might help people listening right now? Okay, so the, the first thing is to is to learn and to start to practice a, a uh, an effective meditation technique and uh, you can you can do that for example by going to anandamaga.org mm -hmm. and on that website uh, there is a learn meditation button and you can get an introduction to the whole meditation process and you can get an introductory technique mm -hmm. there on that website and then depending on where you live you can contact your your nearest um, anandamaga meditation teacher such as myself and we can teach you your personal mantra and give you more um, to go on with. Okay. That's the first thing. So okay. the first thing is to take the determination to have a deeper practice in your life, a spiritual practice in your life, and incorporate the yogic, um, the, the, the yogic practices in your life, or as many of them as you can, of course. Mm -hmm. um, we can't all incorporate everything into our lives, but as many of it, as much of it as we can. Mm -hmm. So start practicing. Second thing is, keep in mind that when, especially when you start, it, the mind is not going to be able, you're not going to be able to control your mind immediately. Mm -hmm. So starting to practice does not mean that uh, you will automatically have control over the mind. Uh, the, uh, you, you won't necessarily be able to keep your mind on the, on the meaning of the mantra, for example. Uh, the mind will wander. You you will you may um, be sitting there for half an hour thinking of anything and everything except uh, what you're supposed to be thinking of, <laughs> yeah. which is the meaning of the mantra, the the bliss, the ever blissful infinite consciousness. But this is normal because uh, we're not used to thinking about the ever blissful infinite consciousness. We're used to thinking about anything and everything but the ever blissful <laughs> infinite consciousness. Yeah. So this is a process. So keep in mind that we're all we're all the same. It's human nature. Mm -hmm. 
that the mind wanders. We, we, we all have uh, this crazy monkey mind that we have to somehow deal with. You know, and you, I was thinking of, uh, sorry for interrupting, but you said your mind just thinks about everything else. And the entire session uh, or the time I spent yesterday meditating, all I could think of was carrot cake. And I was like, man, <laughs> I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not even that big a fan of carrot cake, but I just can't get the thought of carrot cake out of my, and my mouth started watering. And it's <laughs> right. Well, there are worse things to think about than carrot cake. That's true. So, so you were doing pretty well there if you were only thinking of carrot cake. No, then I was thinking of where to get it. Then I was like, look at me being so materialistic. Then I'm adding uh, to the pollution. I'm adding to the plastic right. waste. I didn't stop at carrot cake, but it kept coming back to carrot cake. So, so the thing is that that's part of the process. Right, right. Um, so, so don't worry about that. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the important thing is to keep practicing. Okay. And... And another important thing is, as I said before, to always keep in mind that your destiny is ultimately what you will what you you will ultimately attain what you ultimately want to deep within yourself. Mm. Our destiny is to ultimately attain our inner selves. Right. And that destiny is the brightest destiny that one could possibly imagine. To feel, well, this feeling is beyond the minds, so you cannot really imagine it. But to try to put it in words, to feel eternally blissful, to feel eternally at peace with oneself, with nothing disturbing your state of being, that is your ultimate destiny. Now, to really experience what that means, of course, is to attain it. Uh, and, and until one attains it, one cannot know what it, what, what, what it really means. But it's good to know that this movie we call life has a happy ending. At least it has. Well, that's a, gr that's a great way of putting it. I, yeah. I think, I think part of, a big part of the problem in today's world is that People don't know what the ending of the movie, what what the movie is, what the purpose of the movie is. Yeah. They're 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 thinking, well, okay, why am I living this? Why am I doing all these things? And even and they're even getting sick of enjoy of the different enjoyments that they have because they don't see any point in them. Yeah, because even <laughs> so, the things you mentioned, the animalistic things like eating, sleeping, sex, and I forget the fourth one. Um, fair. Well, fear is um, something, yeah. uh, one of the instincts that... The uh, instincts. Yeah. So it's almost like because we've resigned to the fact that we don't know what's going on with this movie, we don't have no control over the ending or the ending doesn't seem as promising because of various messaging or various things that we've been told or we've been brainwashed into believing that we almost take these four things which are animalistic and instead of enjoying them and actually maybe regressing, we're even fighting within that, saying, oh, don't eat too much, but you must not eat this, you must not eat that, you mustn't, you know, mm. we, we kind of are so caught up in that, that we're neither here, which is enjoying these um, animalistic tendencies, but neither are we uh, on the other path, like we're neither, we, we kind of lost both the things that we, sh we have options in doing. A big problem is that because of the, because there because there were a lot of dogmas in religions mm. in the past and people 
felt that they had to follow a certain religion, even though it had all these dogmatic elements to it. Of course, all the religions have this essential truth at their core, but there's a lot of dogmas that surround it as well. So what's happened in the last hundred years or so is that there's been, a, especially in the West, there has been a big reaction to religion. And so people have gone the other way and instead and and we've been conditioned to to think by society that there really isn't one higher purpose to life uh, there isn't a, a higher goal there isn't a divine being uh, life is arbitrary and purposeless and um, ultimately we're going to our existence is going to end in nothing mm -hmm. So because of this conditioning, <clears throat> uh, it, we're, we're feeling it more and more now, it's engendered a, a feeling of hopelessness and meaninglessness in people's minds. And this is one of the this is one of the the, the, the big problems of society. It it, it causes um, depression and anxiety and all these other things and uh, lack of connection, sense of lack of connection and hopelessness and meaninglessness. Um, so, if we can turn that around and say, well, look, you know, we don't want to go back to the past in having to uh, follow these dogmatic beliefs and believe in these dogmatic ideas like going to hell and things like that. Mm. Uh, let, let's not do that. But at the same time, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater and say that life is completely meaningless. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. Because ultimately, if one really takes the time to search within themselves to introspect, one will realize that there is great meaning and significance in one's existence. And ultimately, the more one practices, you only have to start practicing meditation to very quickly realize deep within yourself that there is a higher sense of self within you and within all things that this universe is not arbitrary that we are that each and everyone's consciousness is existing within a greater consciousness a higher consciousness the wave is part of the greater sea so if we can engender and instill in people again that feeling of meaning and purpose and higher existence then that will automatically solve a lot of problems in the world and uh, will and, and I believe that's that's happening that's happening as we speak we're very quickly um, we're in the middle of a shift in consciousness mm -hmm. which is going from uh, the material consciousness of the past to the spiritual consciousness of the future so that's happening as we speak. That's one of the reasons why I said before that we're living in a very good time. Okay. Of course, it could be a better time, but yeah. the, the time that we're living in right now is not bad, not a bad time to be living in, <laughs> because we're in the middle of that great shift in, con in human consciousness on this planet. And I think it's also extremely helpful to have people uh, to remind us, uh, like people like you, people from your um, from your institution the Ananda Marga and I think whoever needs some sense of reinforcement or reassurance I think people like you and from various other 
philosophies and schools of thought. I think it's just nice because it's so easy to get lost in today's day and age. Right. People should um, keep in mind, no matter what you're going through, keep in mind that your destiny is to attain what you ultimately want deep within yourself. That is your undeniable and unalterable destiny. And nothing is going to change that. It's just a question of time and practice when you will you when you will ultimately attain what you what that that one that state of 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 enlightened being that you that you are ultimately destined to attain it's only a matter of time and practice so it depends on yourself saying to yourself okay i'm going to start practicing i'm going to start moving proactively of course we're all moving passively towards that state of being but if we're suffering at the same time it's better to do it proactively yeah yeah it's better to suffer proactively than it is to suffer passively <laughs> yeah yeah you know uh. Be because you're in in that proactive practice you're using your say for example i mentioned before service to others helping others is is a great part of the yogic lifestyle it's better to suffer in helping others than to suffer just by by not by sitting at home uh, being hopeless about life <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because absolutely. because in in helping others you may be undergoing hardship you may have to you know go uh, undergo uh, go through different obstacles to help others uh, in, in different ways you you know you may be feeding the poor or yeah. or helping homeless people or whatever you have to undergo hardship but at the same time you're helping those people and you're helping yourself yeah so that's better than, than sitting at, at home feeling sorry for yourself i think that's really well said and uh, i think on that note we can we should um i'd like to thank you dada gunamuktananda thank you uh so much i think for just being here today with everything you've experienced with all your knowledge your wisdom your i think your you know your kindness to share it with with me and everyone listening today so i think on behalf of everyone on behalf of everyone i've forgotten how to speak i think my i'm regressing <laughs> i i'd like to thank you so much and um i really uh, respect and appreciate you for being here today well thank you uh, for inviting me i've really enjoyed speaking to you and i also thank you for all the good good work that you're doing as well in in um, ha having these podcasts and you're you're helping to spread the message also uh, for a better world so thanks for that thank you and i hope to meet you in uh, india on your next journey here and or wherever we have to meet i'm sure we'll end up meeting it might be another zoom call or maybe in person but i'm right. sure i'm sure we've connected with each other beyond um these sure. physical means already <laughs> absolutely in, Thank in you any so case much. till till next time uh, till till we meet next uh, um all the best and um uh, continue with all your good work thank you so much and all the best with uh, with you and with your with your journey ahead thanks thank you thank you namaskar hey thank you so much for listening to this episode if you like what you heard please do check out the other episodes on youtube or wherever you get your podcast and i would much appreciate it if you could like the video share it with people who you think might enjoy it and of course do subscribe to the channel because it will help me and the podcast grow and reach more people just like you so thanks again appreciate it